highest of heights to the depths of the This is what Jesus does. This is what a good shepherd does. And this is also what we need to be doing as well, preparing others, preparing our family members, our kids, our grandkids, if you have them. Prepare them. Tell them the truth. Because listen, Jesus is coming soon for his bride, and he wants as many on that train as possible before it leaves the depot. Welcome, everyone, to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible-teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher Rob Kellogg. The disciples were troubled at the news of Jesus' departure. In faith, they should have instead rejoiced for the sake of Jesus, for their own sake, and for the sake of the world. The work of Jesus through the Holy Spirit would be greater than his work during the years of his earthly ministry. Jesus, when I think of all you gave up, all you took upon yourself when you came from heaven to earth, and when I think of all you will give to me and all your people when you ascend to glory, and from there send forth the Holy Spirit, pray for your church, and prepare a place for us, it makes me happy that you went to the Father as you did. Now let's join Pastor Rob. ...do sin when we are not submitted to Christ, that lens, that glass becomes dirty and you can't see through it. See, God wants to see right through you. He wants to use you. He wants to work through you so that he can be glorified. And you know what? There's nothing greater. Is there anything greater than knowing that you've been used by God? There is no greater feeling that I have in this world than when I know that God has done something through me. And a lot of times it happens without even me even knowing about it. And I hear about it later. There's nothing greater than to be used by God. Than to have the Spirit of God do something to help somebody else, to really minister to somebody else. There's no greater feeling than that. There's no greater feeling than to know that God is pleased with you. I mean, when you rest your head on the pillow at night, isn't that great? When you know you've done His will that day, He gives His beloved sleep. When you're walking with him, but if your life is filled with sin and unrepentant sin, your life's not going to be so kind. It's going to be bumpy. And why? Is it God's fault? No, it's all your fault. It is all your fault. It's all my fault. When I continue in my rebellion, when I continue in my sin, my life's going to be a mess. And you know what? Sometimes your life's even a mess when you're submitted to God, but it's a different kind of mess. There's self-inflicted mess, and then there's mess that just comes from attack from the enemy. And there's a difference. Because all who live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Your family may not like you. Your people at work may not like you. But you know that you're right with God. And, but, you know, when you've done something wrong, you're getting busted for it. That's all on you. <laughs> right? That's all on us. And so let the, land, let the lens be nice and clear. And how do you do that? You be honest with God. You spend time in his word. You read and you listen and you obey. 
Don't just listen and then do nothing. No, it has to, you have to listen and then we have to obey. It, it, there's no way around it. We can't just take it in. If it stays up here and doesn't make the extra 18 inches down to this heart of mine and, and provoke me to do something, my faith ought to produce something. If I say I have faith, didn't James say this? If I say I have faith you know, without works, then my faith is pretty empty. But because of my faith, because of my faith, there ought to be something that comes through. It's not my faith, or it's not my works that save me, it's my faith, but there ought to be something happening. If I really believe what Jesus says and everything that he says in his word, it ought to produce something, and it ought to change the way I do things. It ought to change my life, the way I think, the things I do, right? Am I, is that true? It's so important. So, Jesus said in verse 21, he says, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. Notice the difference there. If you love me, Jesus said, keep my commandments. People prove that they hate God by not doing his commandments. Now, don't get me wrong. Each one of us, even as believers, we can do things wrong, and we confess them, and we're restored, right? But there's a world out there that continues in their rebellion and in their sin, and and, and this is not true for them. It's not true for them. And he who loves me will be loved by my father also, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. And Judas, not Iscariot, because Judas had already hung himself, right? Or actually not yet, but a different Judas. I said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered, verse 23, and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my father will love him. And we, notice the pronoun there. Yes, pronouns are good in the Bible. They're not so good in schools. I'll, I'll, I'll stop there because I could very easily go off on a rant. Ugh. So, Jesus says, if anyone loves me, he, and he says, and then we will come. Who's we? Well, God the Father, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. We will come to him and make our home with him. When the Spirit of God comes into your heart, He is indwelling you. You basically have the Godhead in your heart. Isn't that nice? He says, he's speaking of His Father. Did He not say it? He says, um, Jesus answered said, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, Jesus speaking of Himself, and my Father will love him, and then we will come to Him and make our home with Him. So when you receive the Spirit of God, you've got three other beings, really the Godhead indwelling you. And they're all operating at the same time. They're all unified. So when I go into a diner someplace and I'm by myself, and they say, how many, uh, how, many do you, uh, how many in your party? I'll say four. And bring me a big menu because they're hungry too. And I'm going to eat for them, of course, right? So give me a big stack of pancakes. Make sure you bring the butter, lots of that butter, the warm stuff. You know the stuff in the circle that's nice and warm, and then the syrup just pouring over the top. Are we having bagel or uh, pancakes today or something? Um, But that's the idea. That's the idea. And notice, verse 24, So he who does not love me, and here's the flip side of the coin, he who does not love me does not keep my words. And we see a lot of that, don't we? And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. And so Jesus finally said, These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. And again, he's preparing them. Guys, I'm not going to be here very much longer. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to go, but I'm going to send another comforter, the Holy Ghost. 
He's going to comfort you. He's going to be your helper. Because Jesus, while he was on the earth, he could only physically do so many things. I mean, he was there, touching. You know, he was very present in the moment. He was physical. But now he's saying, I can send my Holy Spirit who can do much more. And he's not limited by a body any longer. Do you get the point? So Jesus told them that he would leave. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, verse 26, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Notice that. He's going to lead you into all truth, and he's going to bring to your remembrance all the things that Jesus said to him. Now, we're going to see this over the next several uh, weeks, or next few weeks anyway, as we go through the next two chapters. But what was the purpose of the Holy Spirit given to us in John chapters 14 through 16. As I looked over those chapters, I just made a list of things that the Holy Spirit, his job, if you will, his job description that God has, has given to him. Notice, he will, we, we saw it here in this first verse. The, number one, he will teach you all things. He will teach you all things. And he will bring to remembrance all the things that Jesus had spoken. He will testify of Jesus. He'll testify of him. He will convince the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. He will guide you into all truth. He won't guide you into a lie. He's going to guide you into all truth. And you know what? I believe it's even more than just the word of God that he's going to guide us into, which is the truth. He's certainly going to guide us in the truth. But I also believe that God, because he doesn't want us to be deceived, he's going to open our eyes to things that the the rest of the world is completely deceived by. And he's going to go, and it's going to open our eyes, and we're going to be like, Oh my gosh, it's so plain. Why can't you see it? Why can't you see what's happening? Anybody can see what's happening today? It's very clear to me. I don't know about you, but for those who don't know, they better open their eyes because the Bible's been talking about it for hundreds of years, a couple thousand years, and it's happening right before our eyes. If you're not seeing it, you need to take the blinders off. And the Spirit of God in you is the best thing that you got for going for you. He's going to guide you into all truth, not only in his word, but also he's going to keep you and open your eyes. He's opened my eyes, and I hope he opens them a lot wider too because I'm susceptible to being bamboozled. And notice, only what he hears of the Father will he speak. So he's not a loose cannon. He doesn't, the Holy Spirit of God is God as well. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they are all God, one God. Three persons. And the Holy Spirit just doesn't go, well, I feel like doing something different today, Lord. You know, I'm just, I'm kind of tired of doing the same thing. I just want to do something a little weird. I just want to, like, cause a, you know, something to happen. And the Lord's going, oh, no. And the Spirit of God is submitted to the Son, and the Son is submitted to the Father. That is the order of things. And so the Spirit of God is not going to do anything that Jesus wouldn't have him do, and that God the Father wouldn't have him do. And he will tell you things to come. He has been telling us things to come, hasn't he, by the Spirit? We got into Revelation. He's already told us the the bigger picture. People need to know the bigger picture. They'd probably feel a lot better inside if they knew what was coming. It wouldn't be such a mystery. I can't imagine living today not knowing Christ. Not knowing what the Bible says. How can people live? And I know how they live. You know how they live? They drink 
And they take drugs and they have illicit relationships to quell the pain that's inside of them because they have no clue what's happening. But you and I, not so much. We've got the Spirit of God, and he's told us the truth. He's led us into all truth, and he will continue to lead us into all truth. Hallelujah. (laughs) And notice at the end of verse 26, he'll bring to your remembrance all things which I have told you. I love what it says in Luke chapter 12. Jesus told his disciples this. He says, Now when they bring you to the synagogues and magistrates and authorities, do not worry about how or what you should answer or what you should say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. Don't even worry about it, guys. When they bring you, I will speak to you, and you just open your mouth. And it happens. You don't have to worry. You don't have to plan. You don't have to have your, you know, get out your three-by-five carbs as you stand before the president and say, um, oh, where's that note? Where's that scripture? The Lord's going, just relax. Didn't he do that in Stephen as he stood before the Sanhedrin? Before they stoned him to death? He gave them a Bible study starting in Moses. And they're probably rolling their eyes going, okay, we know the law. (laughs) He gave them a Bible study. And I tell you, you you read those uh, Acts chapter 7 and 8. You read how long it took for him to talk that. And they still stoned him. But he didn't worry about what to say. The Spirit of God gave him that instant where to start and where to go. And he did it faithfully. And then he yielded up the ghost. (laughs) Verse 27, it says, Peace, Jesus says, I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Because the world doesn't give you peace. The world gives you anxiety. Just watch the news. Yes, even Fox News. If you've got a steady diet of Fox News, I'd recommend that you have a steady diet of the Word of God instead. Granted, they're probably less uh, slimy than the others, but they're still pretty slimy. Don't touch the golden calf of Fox News. (sighs) Could care less about Fox News. May they all go under. CNN, MSNBC, Fox News. Cut them off. Cut them off. Cut the cable. Snip. Cut Twitter and Facebook. Just cut it. But let me tell you what I really think. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sorry, I, I, I can be opinionated and a, a jerk, and I apologize, sort of. But Jesus says, verse 28, You have heard me say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. And if you love me, you would rejoice, because I said I'm going to the Father, for my Father is greater than I. And verse 29, And now I have told you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe. That's what, a, that's what he's doing. He's preparing. And Jesus has been, preparing, has been preparing his disciple for what was coming and what would happen after his ascension. Why? Because this is what a good shepherd does. This is what Jesus does. This is what a good shepherd does. And this is also what we need to be doing as well, preparing others, preparing our family members, our kids, our grandkids if you have them. Prepare them. Tell them the truth because, listen, Jesus is coming soon for his bride and he wants as many on that train as possible before it leaves the depot. He wants everybody on that train. And that requires you and I to be listening, to be ambassadors, right? It does. It requires us to be led by the Spirit of God. 
It requires us being in the Word, to know what it says, to be able to share it with people who are hurting. There's no greater balm, there's no greater remedy than the Word of God being spoken, being read, being acted upon. There's no greater remedy. And notice, and we need to do that to our, with our family, our friends, our kids, everybody that we can think of as the Lord leads us. Jesus said finally in verse 30, I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me, but that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, so I do. And see, that's what we want as well. That's what I want. I want to do what the Father wants me to do. Isn't that what you want? I mean, really. I mean, why would you come to church unless that's really your heart? We, the, the, our gathering together cannot just be a, a, a social thing. It is that, but it's not the central, it's not the most important thing. We have to allow the Lord to, to take control of us. If there's any part of you today that the, God doesn't have a hold of, would you give him the keys today? Would you give him the keys? Invite him into every dark area of your heart, and I'm doing the same thing with me. I want, him to, I want to open it all up. Do you want to really hide for the rest of your life? Do you still want to hide from those things? Or do you want to give him the keys? Hand him the big, you know, those, <laughs> those guys. You know, remember uh, Schneider? Remember what, what show was that? The guy with the T-shirt, and he had the big ring of keys, and it just like walking like that, walking like Quasimodo. He had this big, give him the keys. Grab all the keys to your heart and give them to him and say, Lord, you search every area, and whatever you find darkness, just kill it. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Shine the searchlight of your spirit and wipe out the darkness. And may there only be the light of Christ. Oh, man. That is real life, folks. That is real life. Don't be afraid of it. The, more, the closer you get to him, the more joy you're going to have in your heart. The more joy you're going to have in your heart. But notice what he says. But the world may know, but that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, notice, so I do. Notice the dependence. And he says, arise, let us go from here. They didn't go very far uh, from this place because we know that there's two other chapters and then John chapter 17. Wherever they went, they might have just stood there and, uh, for a while or maybe went outside the upper room. But the next place that Jesus would go from this place would be to the Mount of Olives, just to the east of the Temple Mount, east of Jerusalem, down through the Valley of Kidron, up the other side to Mount, the Mount of Olives to Gethsemane. And that's where he would be with his disciples before he would be wrongfully taken and then he would be crucified hours later. But are you submitted to the work of the Holy Spirit in your life? Do you want to be born again? If you're not born again today, would you please? You don't need anybody. You can do it from in your own heart. You don't need, we don't need to call people up. But I would encourage you, if you, if you want to pray and receive and, and be born again, come up after the service. And pray. Pray with somebody next to you. Do you want the Spirit of God to come upon you in power? Well, put yourself in places where he can do that. He's not going to do it if I'm sitting on the couch. But if I'm out talking to people, and I'm out at Wegmans, I'm out at other places, you'd be surprised what the Spirit of God will do, and you'll have no control over it. You'll start to speak, and the words will come forth, and you have no idea, but the Spirit of God just came upon you, and that person is captivated. They're listening to every word you're saying, and it's making an impact. And you didn't plan it. You didn't control it. 
Pray for that. Pray for that. Finally, one verse and we'll finish and and thank you for your patience. Luke chapter 11. Let me read this to you. Jesus says, So now I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be opened. Notice, if a son asks for bread from any father among you, will you give him a stone? And the obvious answer is no. Or if he asks for a fish, will you give him a serpent instead of a fish? The obvious answer is no. Or if he asks for an egg, will you give him a scorpion? The obvious answer is no. If you then, Jesus said, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Let's ask him today. And all this week, wake up when you wake up in the morning, say, Lord, would you fill me with your spirit at your time? Whenever it is that you want, Lord, I'm available. Open my heart and help me to open my mouth and baptize me. Fill me that I can, you know, because when Peter gave that sermon in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost, do you realize there was nothing really spectacular about the sermon? I mean, the content of it was excellent. But without the Holy Spirit empowering him, coming upon him, that speech would have landed three feet from his from where he was standing. But when the Spirit of God came upon him, everyone was captivated. The same words, under the influence of the Spirit of God, that person, Peter, being filled with the Spirit of God, a whole different ballgame, folks. All of a sudden, everyone is listening, and they're like, they're mesmerized. They're listening. And what is the ingredient? The only thing that was different is the Spirit of God upon him. And see, that's what we need. That's why we need to pray for it every day. Lord, wherever I'm at, if I'm in Trader Joe's, if I'm in Wegmans, and I'm talking with the teller, or I'm talking with somebody in line, or I'm talking to a coworker, a friend, a family member, Lord, you do it whenever you want. Just open my heart and use me. And you'll be surprised how often the Spirit of God will come upon you. And you won't be flopping around like a, like a fish on the ground. You won't be doing some aberrant thing, barking like dogs and flapping your wings like chickens and you know, making noises like a snake or a dog. No, he's going to, it's very gentle, very peaceful. You probably won't even know it. You're just so glad to talk and somebody's listening. And it just happens. And it's done. It's really simple. It really is simple. It doesn't have to be hard. In fact, don't even think about it. Just be open and let him do it. Just let him do it. Amen? I know I've kept you long. Let's stand and let's pray. Father, we just thank you for, uh, Lord, this passage, and we pray, Lord, you'd fill us today, Lord. Wherever we go, fill us with your Spirit. Lord, help us never to be afraid, but simply ask. And we do ask you, Lord, if any of us are not born again, may today be the day of salvation. And, And Lord, even for those of us who know you, would you please come upon us with power as you have done on the day of Pentecost and you still continue to do. Lord, would you please do that in our lives, that for the, for the purpose of other people coming to know you, God. And we thank you, Lord, that you love us, and we thank you that you love people. Lord, enlighten our hearts. We're burdened about many things. We're struggling about many things. Would you please lift us out of this pile that we're in and help us, Lord Jesus. We ask it in your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have a great day. That's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of John. 
Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as our location, service times, information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, and information regarding Bread of Life Academy, our new school opening in the fall of 2023. Just click the school link at the top of the page for more information. Additionally, you may also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's Sanctuary Messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play Podcast or Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.